0: Blob Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC Media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show.
1: And now, here's your
2: host, William Powell. The king
3: of DC Media.
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another outstanding episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. I'm your gracious host, William Powell, the WTP, the one and only. Welcome to the show. Tonight, I have director Harold Jackson III, actor Chad Eric Smith, and actor Curtis Cook from the sizzling new web series, Counselor, which premiered on YouTube on February 17th. And after that, we will have actor and master showman Rich Carter, the star of God, the one-man show. But now, let's have a word from our
1: sponsor. Tonight, tonight was a good night. You fought well, and for that, we have these fortunes. Some say that money is the root of all evil, but I don't believe that. Evil is the root of all money, and you, my big friend, you are evil. I'm Marshall Everett, and I don't
4: always make money. But as a member of Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, I always save money. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, federally insured NCUA. Membership open to federal employees and their families. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, a proud sponsor of the Inside
2: Acting Radio Show. And if you would like to advertise on the show, please email me at william 400 at Yahoo.com or contact me on Facebook at handlewilliam.t.com. Now, the web series, Counselor, Written and directed by Harold Jackson III and starring Chad Eric Smith, turns the patient-analyst relationship on its head. It stars Chad Eric Smith as troubled patient David and Curtis Cook as his analyst. And it's a very compelling web series, and it's been called ridiculously engrossing. So let me bring them on in. Good evening.
3: Hello, hello. All right,
2: all right. Hey. Come on the show. All right.
3: Uh, Yeah, thanks for having us.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, Harold, I'm going to jump right in and start with you. Uh, Now, counselor, I think it really thinks outside the box when it comes to the patient-analyst relationship. So get into a little bit of, like, what actually inspired the story
3: um yeah i mean there's there's a little bit of backstory to it um you know there's a little bit of personal um elements that are that are thrown into it but i, I think the the bigger part of it is is a combination of the things that myself uh, Curtis Cook and uh chad Eric Spiff, uh got together and we we all discussed what it is we wanted to do as a series and 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 the direction that we wanted to go. I think the initial direction was to create this sort of uh, father figure. Um, aspect to the, to the, to the counselor and the patient. Um, but after, after we got together and myself, specifically myself and Curtis um, one of the things we wanted to do is just really challenge the idea of a doctor and how that, you know, how that can play out and how he can have his own life outside of just kind of, you know, putting his glasses on and writing stuff down and helping people. So it, it really gets interesting when we start kind of meshing what goes on with each of these characters' personal life, and then how that kind of informs the way they they interact with each other.
0: So
2: it sounds like really the the counselor is really a very three-dimensional character. He's a a talking head or a cardboard character. So, Curtis, so I'm going to ask you now, have you had experiences uh, on the couch or, uh, or otherwise? Hello, Curtis. Oh, we didn't get him. Sorry about that. Hello? Curtis. Hello? Yeah, Hello. can you hear me? Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. So oh, Curtis, you guys... I was going to ask you. Yeah, thanks uh-huh. for coming on the show, man. Um, so now I was just going to ask you. Now, now I think the the counselor is really, he's a three dimensional character, and it's like, so I just wanted to get it to Have you had experiences on
1: the couch? Oh uh, Wayne, you're trying to get personal now, huh? You wanna know all my demons and everything. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I you're see what you are Um, actually I have had a couple of sessions on the couch. I won't tell you why I was on the couch, but I did um have some opportunity to have to talk some stuff out and get it together. It's a work in yeah. progress, as you know. Life goes on. Still figuring that stuff right. out. Right. Um, but uh but when, uh, but when, like Harold was saying, when we sat down and talked about this uh, project, which I, I'm very, very proud of, proud of the work that um, Harold put in, as well as Chad, Eric Smith did some incredible work as well. Um, it, it was that it was really t- at tackling the underneath of the sessions. It was the the people yeah. under the sessions because a lot of times we don't when we see these kind of um, uh, doctor patients um relationships you you kinda always feel that it's a doctor and patient. We just wanted to see two guys in this room of due, two different lifestyles per se who uh were able to sit down and have a conversation and really talk out some stuff and see where that would lead them and if that would could solve anything or could could deal with any um major issues I think.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so Chad, I think you know what question is coming up next. I I know you've had some experience, you know, on that count. So, I mean, how did that, how did the web series compare to the real thing? That's
4: because we were in the same lobby waiting for the same doctor, right? (laughs) 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 No, yeah, definitely. um, I've had experience, you know, seeing uh, a therapist uh, uh, both before and after the series. And uh, so... I I could relate to the the discomfort one has in trying to get to know someone uh, who's a total stranger and having to be so vulnerable so quickly. Um, You know, uh, Curtis didn't even buy me a drink, you know, and he was asking all these questions.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. So now, Curtis, did you talk to any uh, analysts to prepare for the role?
1: Uh, no, I, I didn't um, talk to anyone directly because, like I said before, I didn't. I, I watched a lot of movies. One movie that I watched in particular was um, um, Pressure Point. I don't know if you remember that movie. It was with Sydney Portier and um, and Bobby Darren. It was a it's an older film, and uh,
0: mm.
1: because the, only because he was a psychiatrist in that, and the patient that he had to deal with at the time was didn't want to be there either, and he was kind of forced to be there. And I just wanted to see how how Sydney attacked that character and what, and how he uh, approached it in a way to bring uh, certain things from this guy without it being, because the thing I was scared about with talking with a the real therapist all the time and really studying them, was it? It was going to turn to Dr. patienting You know what I mean? It was going to be kind of um, reserved and the rules that kind of applied. I didn't really want to stick to any of those. And I think Harold was in the, in, under the same impression as well it was, not so much about the Mm doctor-patient relationship. So I didn't want to have that kind of facade because I think you can easily click off. You can easily go, I know what this is. I understand this. He's going to be asking them questions. He's going to be answering, and then it's going to have this review. I just really wanted it to be – I just so happen to be a doctor. I mean, I think he's a brilliant doctor. I think um, Dr. Benasson is a brilliant doctor. But I I really wanted it just to be about um, these two gentlemen um, um, having this conversation, a real in-depth conversation and uh, finding out who and what
3: they are and what they're dealing with. Yeah, and I think to, uh, piggybacking on that, I think what makes him such an a effective doctor is he has a way of uh, uh, connecting with you that's, that's kind of a, a bit unorthodox. Like you you wouldn't necessarily uh, see it coming the way he chooses to, to connect with you. It just so happens that David uh, comes along at a time, and David's just, kind of a he's he's kind of a hard guy to deal with the character that chad plays his name is david and he's kind of a hard guy to deal with and i think he comes along at a time when doc is vulnerable um because of his own personal issues so everything is kind of like the perfect storm of just stuff that goes on that really helps the the series kind of pop and kind of just explode on the screen yeah yeah
2: so uh Harold, without giving up too much away, as the series progress progresses, it seems as though Doctor Van It seems like we learn a lot more about him. What's What's some of the things we
3: learn about the doctor as, as the series goes along? Yeah, we learned that he's he's kind of a he's kind of a jerk too. You know what I mean? Like he's. Easy, easy, easy. Everybody, calm down. Everybody, calm down. <laughs> um. And you know he he happens at this particular time we catch him he happens to be having some really major uh home life issues and yeah. those are the things that he's trying to um keep at keep at bay and he's trying to keep his hands around it and have some sort of control over it and then we realize he has some personal uh addiction issues as well that start to play out just a bit in in the series and and he's all all these things he's trying to is i I liken it to like um when you when you're trying to hold a a bunch of different objects and then one falls and then you try to pick it up and then another one falls and you try to pick that one up and then another and there's that sort of thing with his life he's trying to juggle all these different aspects of his life and and david just comes in and kind of just just kind of kicks, kicks stuff over and wreak, wreaks havoc in his life right at that particular time. While
4: also trying to give advice. You know, it's like a dentist with bad teeth, you know?
3: Yeah. <laughs> right, right.
2: dentist <laughs> with this bad teeth. Wow, wow. Yeah, so it's kind of like a role reversal there a little bit. So now, uh, now uh, you know, Chad, you uh, said that you actually had dreams. You had dreams... That is David, you got so deep into the character that you had dreams, or you a liberty to discuss what kind of dreams.
4: Yeah, you know, you know, it always sounds good when actors say things like that, right? But not seriously. I was, uh, you know, I was studying the script so much and thinking about it so much that I was having dreams uh, as the character, dreaming that I was kind of having the same amount of stresses that he was having. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of hard to explain, but it was like I, I felt like I was him and, and all the problems that he had, um, I, I kind of uh, could feel it and really empathize through a dream.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, so, Harold, what kind of homework did you give your actors? I know mean, you like, had movies you wanted them to watch. What are some of those movies?
3: Yeah, Um. well, well one, I asked them to watch uh, – Specifically for for this project was a was a film called The Sunset Limited, which was uh, which was a, a, a film version of a play by Cormac McCartney, Who he's a, he's a playwright who actually wrote um, uh, he actually wrote No Country for Old Man, And he wrote he, he wrote a bunch of stuff, but these are kind of his his more memorable things. And um, the reason I wanted them to watch it was because the entire film takes place in one room, and it's really it's it's not it's just uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson playing off of one each, one another for an hour and a half, and for for me the idea of 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 holding an audience's uh, attention for an hour and a half with just two people in one room seemed ridiculously hard to do, and it was something that I hadn't I hadn't done and I hadn't challenged myself with, and um, uh, so. So I did it, you know. But, um, so really, I, I asked them to watch, uh, Sunset Limited, and they did, and we had a conversation, the three of us, about what it was, and what was good about it, and what we liked, and what we didn't like. And, um, uh, another one of my favorite films is a film called Under Suspicion, which is a remake of a French film. But this particular film stars, uh, Gene Hackman and, uh, Morgan Friedman, and probably about 80, 90% of the film takes place in a police interrogation room between Morgan Friedman and Gene Hackman, which is, which is also, uh, uh some brilliant acting in in that particular film as well. So what I wanted them to do was just really watch these films and kind of kind of kind of get a rhythm, understand the rhythm that I was trying to put forth with the with the uh, dialogue.
2: Nice, nice, nice. So you now Curtis, I'm kind of curious, man. Do you find yourself counseling people in real life?
1: Hey William, I got five children, man. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would say and a wife, but then I'll be sleeping on the couch, so I ain't gonna even go that far, with I'm Just say I got five. Right,
3: kids. right, right. Just, 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 shut down at the kids,
1: bro. Just shut
0: down, <laughs> just shut down at the down kids. <laughs> shut it down. Shut so, it down. Now, I
1: know. I mean, but, yeah. But seriously, no, I don't. I don't find myself counseling anybody in life, man. I, I, I am a very opinionated brother, so I may talk True. a True.
0: True. People might
1: feel like I'm counseling and I'm trying
3: to get involved. <laughs> oh. True,
0: true. But, uh,
1: but uh, no, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm i learning as I get older to be a little more patient and be more accepting to all things that matter to everybody. But uh, let's not get off track. The Counselor is a nice series, man. I want to make sure all your folk go out there and make sure they hit that click and that like and that subscription button, man, and make sure they, they uh. They 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 follow through and watch this series because you will not be disappointed in any way form.
3: Yeah, hey, I right. think you'll be uh, I think more than more than that, you'll be pleasantly surprised with with uh, what these guys. I will tell you what, man, I, I get the. You know, when people talk to me about the the project, they just you know they just kind of have, and I'm really proud of both Curtis and Chad because they really have just kind of rave reviews about their performances in the in in the project. You know, almost to the point where I'm like, well, what about the camera work and the writing? Because that's supposed to be good, too, right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) What what about me? I was there, too, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I'm just really proud. I'm just really proud of these guys, man. And, uh, I mean, the work that they put out is, I mean, you can't question how good it is. once you see it? Thank
0: you. Thank
2: you.
3: Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Now, Harold, I know that you
1: believe in. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Three ring circus.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was going on in that room, man. I mean, when you see the out that Eric gonna put out in a couple of days, the time when we got in that yeah. fight and then I punched um, Chad in the eye and um. Oh, that one, and then oh yeah, my eye fell, eye fell out and it was the tongue there. Was it was that, crazy. Was the eye fell out.
0: Yeah, was that was yeah. that, was like, that, was that the time man.
3: that I uh, that I dangled you out the window like uh, like like Red yeah. did uh, yeah. dude? No, no, and, if I, yeah. I, I were to say that one on, <laughs> on the radio, I don't want you to say that one on the radio. Was that was but, that, was that yeah. talk about the same? Is that the same fight we were talking about? That one right there. That, that's the same one. That's the same.
0: Flag. Okay. Yeah, there was Good. a lot of alcohol
3: yeah. on set. It was definitely a lot of <laughs> alcohol on
2: set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. So Harold, you're a believer in uh, rehearsal. So. As a director,
3: when do you know a rehearsal is good? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of rehearsal um, simply because when it, when it comes time to shoot, um, I, I really don't want to. I really want to talk about what all this means when it comes time to shoot. I, I want us to know what all this means, um, and then just try to and try to you know make it better and make it bigger and. and, and or or tone it down or whatever it is we need to do we should have a we should have a control over what it is and then at that point just kind of make it better um this particular film we had a little bit of time to rehearse but with essentially 80 pages of two people i mean uh, you need months to rehearse for that and we didn't have that so um the one of the best things about this project is how much i grew as a director and I, and how much i started to understand and respect what actors bring to the table because there were times where we, we specifically episode four, I believe it was, we completely changed the whole tone of the, of the episode. And then from that point on, it had informed the rest of the series. So we were kind of, you know, we were kind of dancing and moving as we were making it. So it was, it was, it was, it was really exciting for me to be in that room in such a controlled space. and, And then to also, you know, be able to learn and grow in in, in in that in that in that space.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely, absolutely. So it just sounds like it's just very, very, very challenging. I mean, you got two guys paying off one another. So Curtis, I'm gonna go back to you. So have you found this to be one of your more physically and mentally challenging roles?
1: Um I don't know if it was physically challenging but like Kell said having to come in with that amount of dialogue um and the short amount of time that we had to shoot it was definitely a uh, um a major uh, task and um the focus had to be razor sharp uh so um it gave me an uh, an opportunity to uh to really um to hone in some crafts that I hadn't used in a while, you know, I come from the theater, but I haven't done a play now for a good almost like seven, seven to eight years because I've been primarily doing television and film work. So that on um, television, similar, you know, you get your scripts quickly and you, you know you have to deliver it quickly, but it's not as much text. So, but when these these scripts, when we had all these scripts and we had all of this dialogue and it needed to be delivered in a natural and um, and uh, fluent way. It, it 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 made me call on some um some of those muscles that I hadn't used in a while and um uh, and I would, and I would like to think that I was able to pull it off but I you know I'm a, I'm one of my biggest critics. I watch an episode and I can't get through it because I'm like oh my God what are you doing man stop that mm. stop it but um mm. but yeah it was it was it was it was um it was a big task and uh and I and I'm glad that I uh I was able to to take it on and I think uh I th- I think I think we think we accomplished it. I really do. I think we uh, came out really well on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So uh so Chad um talk a little bit more about David. What are some of the, the demons that you think are are pushing David to act the way he acts? I feel
4: like he hasn't had any real stability in his life. Um when he was a kid, you know, he had uh, his mother passed away and he had uh, his father dealt with substance abuse and, you know, he he didn't graduate from high school and so there was a lot of, he he lacked ability, and he lacked I think uh, a a father figure or some sort of figure that could kind of keep him at least point him in the right direction and um, I think that kind of fed into his own um, alcohol problems, uh, not to mention the fact that he was having a strained relationship with the mother of his daughter, uh, which would cause strain on his relationship with his daughter as well. So, and so yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of a... For me, it was a very complex role just because it was a role, a character I had never played before that's so far from who I am in real life. And, um, you know, I, I did a lot of theater, too, um and but you know, using theaters and you know ensemble cast, and you get to you don't know, have to be on stage the whole time. I think I did a play called um uh Lobby Hero, and that one had four characters in it, so that was the closest I had as far as just being two people on stage, but this was the most film dialogue I ever had um into doing such a short amount of time, so the pressure of that I think helped uh I think actually
2: helped
4: inform my performance as well.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So, Harold, i got a couple questions for you. Um, All right. The first first is there's a relationship with coffee. There's this whole thing about, like, coffee and being very cordial and, you know, kind of inviting somebody into your world. So I know that there was a background to that, uh, how that got into a how that got into the script. So talk a little bit about how that got into to, uh, you worked at it to the story.
3: Yeah, see, now I'm going to have to pull a Curtis move, man. Now you're trying to make me put all my all my business in the streets. <laughs> the streets. <laughs> um, So, yeah, you know, a few, uh, when I was a little younger, I got in a little bit of legal trouble. Um, and, you know, one of the, you know, they gave me this kind of laundry list of things to do in order to not go to jail. And um, one of the one of the things were to take a series of uh, treatment sessions with a with a with some sort of therapist, and um, uh, I was a veteran at the time, so I I went through the VA and I got this guy, unfortunately, that was like really uh, ill prepared to deal with anybody. I think he was just, you know, I, I think he meant well, but he he wasn't he wasn't a licensed doctor. He was just some guy that the VA had hired to to kind of deal with us. And um, so I really didn't get much from him. But the one thing I did get from him was, um, you know, I, I came in one day and I told him that, uh, you know, I, I kind of was was just kind of complaining about how um, frustrating it was and how small I felt when this probation officer would come to my house and kind of look me over and look and, and, and you know, kind of eyeball my place and kind of. You know i I just felt like it was really uncomfortable to have somebody with that sort of power come into my space, and he's and one and what he told me was is you know when he comes over, offer him some coffee it'll, it'll uh uh you know and I was like well, what do you mean? It was like just offer him some coffee, it will take the edge off you know, by the second or third time he'll um you know he'll he he won't be you know his nose won't be so high in the sky and he'll he'll be able to relate to you a little bit. And that's the only thing I picked up. So now, even when I interact interact with people, when anybody, when anytime anybody comes into my space, you know, I kind of use that that theory. I'll, I'll either literally offer them coffee, or I'll give them a compliment, or I'll offer them something, just something to kind of just to kind of take the edge off and put everybody at ease, and and kind of help 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 the process move. Whatever whatever it is, even if it's a relaxing day, just whatever it is, just help things go a little better.
4: It's so true, because actually, um, I got some. I went out and got some coffee for this woman named Renee the other day, you know what I'm saying? And that's the next thing you know, we got two dates coming up, so uh, I, I, I appreciate you, uh, Harold, you know.
1: <laughs> You're welcome, he's, he's
4: you know. my love life out, you know what I
2: mean?
3: You know what I'm saying? I, I try, man. <laughs> you know what I'm
2: saying? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? All right, so, Harold, I have another question. Uh, are we going to see some elements of dark comedy in The Counselor?
3: Yeah, I think what what's what's funny, in my opinion, and I mean, I, I like these two guys to chime in on this as well. What, what's funny is the level of commitment that these two characters have to to sometimes ridiculous situations. You know, just <laughs> I mean, just the level of of intensity and commitment they have to saying some of the things they say is is, is comical to me in itself. But I, I like to let these guys chime in on that too. Yeah.
4: Yeah, a lot a lot of funny stuff happened in between uh takes, you know, like I think just to cut the tension, I mean uh Curtis was always making me die laughing, like, I think <laughs> so I think we we had a we had a very I feel like the, the set the set was very lighthearted even though we were dealing with heavy material.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'll say Absolutely. um a shit in there funny, William. Thank you. <laughs>
2: What's
1: that? I said that there isn't anything in there funny, nothing at all, William. Nothing's funny. This is a serious <laughs> drama, here, buddy.
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot, I no forgot, I forgot. This is dramatic.
1: No white comedy. No green
2: comedy. No gray. It's, it's it's a serious drama, buddy. Don't. don't. I
3: forgot. This is, this is serious. Yeah, but the, 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 good, the good thing about it is, is both uh, both Chad and and Curtis. It, it, as people are actually pretty, really funny guys. So, um, right, exactly. This the the set was 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 really enjoyable, and I had a good time making it. Even though a lot of the subject matter is heavy, we still had a good time. I think.
2: Well, you know, yeah. I'll just uh, my two cents in there. I mean, dark comedy and the whole thing. I I think it was one of the preview episodes that looked at. I mean, uh, the, the the doctor was getting kind of agitated there. He started cursing back at, at uh, David and their whole thing. It was kind of sometimes you know people that straight laced people. It is a little bit funny when they lose it. So I mean, it's not <laughs> laugh out loud funny, but it's like, oh, look at this. So, so that's kind of what he I has, got out of, out of some of it.
0: He has well, a, when, when Curtis,
4: when, I like the. Yeah, when both. Curtis was cursing, he that was. That was B roll. wasn't he. You know that was just, that was <laughs> candid. He, he was just he was just at me for a second. And, uh, and Harold was like just right.
3: used that, we'll it. That's in. how you know you
4: got a good director who he knows when you have, you know,
3: a really good
4: production value. You know.
3: Yeah, that's just me right. talking to Chad. Like really, that's just how he was treating exactly. me. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, so we're coming down near the end of the segment. Uh, so now Harold, man, you got to talk about. Last night, I hear it's doing great. You can watch it on cable. Talk a little bit about that movie.
3: Yeah, last night is a feature film that I did uh, recently. It's a real uh, kind of a DC love story. You know, it's been called a love letter to DC. It's um, it's um, it's won uh, best screenplay at ABFF uh, and audience choice at ABFF and best feature in North Carolina. Um, right now, we're we moved into the distribution phase, and I'm really excited about that. You can get it on DVD. Um, on at Amazon.com, you can get it, or you can watch it right now. Actually, as soon as you okay. stop listening to us, you can go if you if you have Xfinity, you can watch in the video on demand on uh, on Xfinity uh, right nice. now for free. Um, and on March 18th, it's March 18th is going to be available for streaming on both iTunes and Amazon Prime. So please keep a lookout for that. That's last night. Oh, and go to lastnightthefilm.com to see that, um, to get more information on it. And also, watch Counselor. Um, I'm really proud of the work we did. I'm really proud of uh, the performances. I'm really proud of just the amount of intensity we packed into a really short amount of time. So I know you're going to like it. Just go uh, check it out. Go on my page uh, on Facebook and Instagram and all that crap, and uh, you'll get all the information you need to find Counselor and, and, and enjoy it
2: all right all right okay chance So, talk about uh, what's coming up next for you
4: oh i gotta keep that a secret you know i can't I keep my cards close to my chest
0: <laughs>
4: now, I'm, uh, i'll be uh hopefully if everything works out i'll be working on a comedy called a zombie named ted uh we're still in the early uh pre-production phase on that and uh I'm shooting a short film at the end of in at, at the beginning of March. Uh, I just got the script for that not so long ago. Um, it's kind of like a film noir uh, type of film, and I'm writing a, uh, a time uh, writing a screenplay as well. So, a lot of things uh, coming down the pipe. Right.
0: Nice, nice,
2: Curtis. Uh, how about you? Uh
1: a few things popping out. Um uh, what month is this? Of course counselor, 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 all day every day. Um <laughs> and then there's uh coming out in March, the uh, the next series of House uh next season of House of Cards starts up. You'll see me running around the White House with um, Frank Underwood and Terry Womack. Um and then I don't know what the release date is but I also um been shooting for the last few few months um the new Luke Cage Marvel I'm on uh, Netflix. So you can uh oh, wow. check me out and um uh, cage um that's coming out and I have a uh, a feature. That, what do you put uh, on there? Uh can't tell you. I might get shot right now through my living room window <laughs> with an arrow. You <laughs> <laughs> you sign that big Marvel contract, they're like mm mm, just uh uh but um it's it's a really cool dude, uh and the series is gonna be really impressive. I don't know if you like Jessica Jones or, or Daredevil, but this one is gonna be very impressive as well. Uh, oh wow! and uh yeah then there's another feature called Destin that comes out later on this this year um or the beginning of next year with um uh, uh, produced by Tommy Oliver and Kasim kasir and uh and Corey Hardwick and um uh Lava Anthony and uh and uh a couple other great great performers great folks. So I got a busy schedule Coming up. And, um, yeah, you're rolling. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I told you I have five awesome. children. I told you that, didn't I? Did I say that I have
2: five? It's five children. Yeah, we got to do a lot of that. I have to keep working. I have to keep working. <laughs>
1: counseling.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to bring that money home. Five miles to see you. What?
2: Mm, oh yeah,
3: absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, so uh,
2: Harold, Chad, and Curtis, thanks again for coming on the show. You're welcome back anytime. I'm just really excited about what you guys are doing. It's just, I mean, council is just really high quality, and then the last night is just blowing it up on cable and everything, man. So we're just uh, want to thank you all for coming on again.
0: Oh, thanks. Thank for having you, us Will. well I Appreciate hey, it. All right, All right, man. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Okay, so now we're going to uh, bring in Rich Potter, a veteran of Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Circus and also the creator of the one-man show, God the One-Man Show, now playing at Greenbelt Art Center. 123, such a way, greened up Maryland. People are saying it's inspiring, it's funny, it's heart, heart-touching, heart it's got juggling, it's got magic in it. And the creator, Rich Potter, joins us right now, so let me bring him on in. Hey, Rich.
5: Hey, how you doing? All right, all right.
2: So now one of the... Oh, thanks for coming on the show.
5: Sure, thanks for having me.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So now one of the comments you hear is that this guy takes care of everybody. Now, was that one of the the goals uh, when you created the show?
5: Well, one of my goals, one of my big goals, was to be able to create a show that is fun, funny, and amusing without offending anybody. And, of course, that's a tall order in this era. Um, And so I I realize I'm not going to please everybody, but uh, I have had... Uh, you know, Christians, atheists, Jews, a Muslim, uh, you know, one, one friend I know is Muslim. He, he said it was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Pagans, Buddhists, uh, like it, the people come from all faiths or lacks thereof, and they are enjoying the show, which is really does my heart good. Cause it, uh, I I am out to entertain, not to offend. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, now was it your idea all along to include magic
5: yeah, I, I given my background, I am a variety entertainer first and I th- kind of came into acting through realizing that uh yeah, I can stand and do jokes or I can stand and make people feel and uh yeah, have a comedy come out of that. And so yeah, I um my my goal my initial goal I guess was just to uh bring whatever I had to the table and I thought, well, God, what, what does God do? God does miracles. Well, what can I do that, uh, is some pale reflection of an actual miracle? Well, you know, illusions, magic and, uh, you know, juggling. Um, there, there, yeah, there, there's some, there are a lot of parallels between magic and juggling, which, you know, go back at least to the Egyptian pyramid hieroglyphics. You find magicians and jugglers on both, uh, both depicted on the walls of, uh, of Egyptian tombs. So uh, p- pretty much those things are as old as humanity as is religion.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now do you consider yourself a naturally funny guy or is this something that you, you kind of worked on for years and years?
5: Uh, I would consider myself a desperately funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, it's it's a survival technique that uh, being the youngest of four, I kind of needed to make my way, and comedy was just something. I, I don't know if it came naturally, but uh, I, I was definitely fed by being funny, so I wanted to figure out how to do it most effectively. And, you yeah, know, of course, stage came calling.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, on that same note, I mean, you think that actors can be taught how to improve their comedic skills or is it something that it's more of a gift
5: oh i, I would absolutely say it's something that you it's a muscle you, you know it's just like you can learn to be a better actor you can learn to be a better you know runner or football player you can learn to be a better comedian and i've taken yeah you know, sundry class classes on f- physical comedy uh joke writing um i, I took some taken some acting like a i i don't consider myself an actor but i have a, i do employ acting techniques uh that i kind of backed into it through studying clown um and it, you know, i was studying with Avner eisenberg some people may know who he is um but the, he uh he teaches clown he studied lecoq in, in paris and now he teaches up the yeah after a career including a broadway run and being uh, the, the jewel of the nile in the movie the jewel of the nile Um, he now teaches and, uh, I I remarked that I've never taken an acting class in the middle of one of his workshops and he says, you're taking one now. So, um, so yeah, all these, all these skills kind of come together to, uh, to kind of produce what my take on this, this thing called God or religion or where we all come from or what's the nature of the universe, all that. It's just, yeah, i put it through my lens. Yeah,
2: speaking of your lens, uh, if I may ask, and you've probably been asked this several times, uh what is your religion?
5: What is my religion? It's uh yes, uh, uh, I think the question is always begged given the, the nature of my uh the, the nature of the show. Um I I will say I was uh born and raised uh agnostic, uh I have dabbled in religion. I kind of studied and looked into it to see kind of what, what it's about. I you know they say if, uh parents don't teach kids about blank. They learn about it on the streets. Well, the little girl down the street told me about God and uh, I was seven years old. So was she, I, and she said, God created everything. And I said, well, who created God? And she didn't know. I didn't know. So we went to her, uh, kind of uh, her, uh, salty-tongued uh, father who was uh, out in the backyard with his shirt off, sawing wood, with beer cans strewn about his feet, cigarette dangling from his lips, and uh, she says, hey, Dad, where did God come from? Or who created God? And he just looks up from sawing his wood, and he says, God created himself. And he went back to sawing his wood, and uh, that raised some questions in my mind, but he said it so, so definitively. Uh, I We had no recourse. We couldn't ask follow-up questions, and uh, So, like, over the years, I've kind of looked into Christianity, uh, Judaism a little bit, but uh, often it seems to come up more as a culture than a religion. uh, Looked into Buddhism and Hinduism and, you know, know, pagan spirituality. And uh, I I can say where I stand on all of it is kind of the, the intersection of, like, where everyone seems to agree rather than where everyone disagrees. Uh, it seems like a safer ground to be, and uh, that's kind of where I where I aim with my comedy as well as with my beliefs. It, you know, we're all we're all in this together, whether we believe in you know, a, a white god or a brown god or a blue god or a yellow god, whatever. Um, but I think we there's we have more in common than we have different. But we focus on the differences. Yeah,
2: yeah. So on a writer note. How in the world did Magnum P.I. work its way into your script?
5: <laughs> I, I would say that was just a divine providence thing. It, it was, You know, when you you, you you sit down in the writer's room and you put on the writer's brain and you just start brainstorming and uh, it's like, I want to do this, I want to do that. Magnum P.I., uh, I mean, for those of you who haven't seen the show, it's uh, it's really a throwaway gag. I, I mentioned it once and... Uh, uh, it, it's just yeah. something that um, it, it struck me funny while I was looking for that particular kind of idea and uh, I, sometimes I go through 10 or 20 different ideas to fill that one hole in the script and this one just came boom and it's like that's perfect, I'm not touching it I don't even have to brainstorm but, uh, and it, it's <laughs> such a beautiful thing it's such a beautiful thing when that happens but you know, there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears too uh, Like I, my, I'd say three quarters of the script ended up Thrown away, and the uh, the show is the one quarter that's left. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, it, and yeah, it, I think a great creator is a creator with a small c. Somebody who's creating art. Um, the, the best creator is the one who knows, you know, what part of the marble to cut away to leave the statue of David.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, just as is, is this doing a show like this, it just seems like. I mean the timing comedy. There's a lot of timing in comedy. So, how much does the timing come from the sheer rehearsal, and how much does it come from just reading the audience?
5: Reading the I'm sorry.
2: The, I'm, I'm just talking about your comedic timing. How do you uh, do? You get? Did you, did you develop that from the timing from the audience, or is it more just oh, uh, muscle memory? No.
5: It's, it's a combination of things, right? You know, it, it's, you you kind of, you, you get the idea in, the, in your head of, I mean, it really, a joke starts in my head, it goes to the page and then it goes back out my mouth and in between there's some rehearsed and refinement. But, uh, it, you know, generally uh, I try to stick with my instincts and, uh, my instincts have been improved through the studying of acting, uh, just trying you know, what, uh, Flying Karamazov Brothers, one of my, uh, those were my heroes, uh, it, among my heroes as jugglers when I was coming up. And they, they have this line in their show where uh, we we want to be spontaneous. We, and we know this next bit is spontaneous because we've been practicing all week. And the juggler, uh, the uh, comedy is the same thing. It's like you want to know what you're going to say. You don't want to know the, the particular wording that is the most... Uh, concise way to get to that punchline without a, a bunch of extra words. So you have to rehearse that. And then once that's all done, then you kind of try to put it on stage and make it as natural as possible. So, uh, hmm. as far as timing, timing is, is yeah. It, I mean, yes, yeah, uh, you, you do a thousand of something and you get good at it. You you put in ten thousand hours, you get good at it. You you know, I've I spent my whole life uh you know telling jokes just it's <laughs> for one of getting a, a regular day job. Um and and so yeah, I I like to you know, it, like going back to the idea of a muscle, you know, if you do it a lot you get better at it and uh is, is timing something, can you teach a class on it? No, but you can teach elements uh, to an actor or a, a comedian so that they can find it within themselves with their own practice. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's and that kind of dig, digs into uh, your work with the circus. So it's not giving too much away. I mean, what's what's an example of a class you, you would take at Ringling Brothers?
5: uh well you remember know, that is was barley Clown college uh which uh, unfortunately closed in nineteen ninety uh, i think seven I always get it mixed up they they lasted about thirty years um the, it changed from year to year but the, the, the curriculum uh, they called it it was it was a, an eleven week program and they called it boot camp for clowns they uh they taught uh i mean the, the basics it was um uh, other than nuts and bolts. You uh, learn how to sew. You learn how to put on makeup. Uh, you learn how to enter uh, uh, the circus ring. Um, you learn how to slow down your movement and make it crisp. Uh, character development was—I uh, mean, to, looking back, it's kind of laughable. We spent like an hour or two a day for two weeks, or for a, uh, an hour an hour or two a day for eleven weeks. Uh, doing something called character development But I, I went in when I was 19 years old, and I didn't know who the hell I was. Uh, uh, so they're, they're asking us to find who we are. And it's like, it took me 10 more years to figure that out. And I'm still figuring it out, of course. No. When I studied in Europe, uh, the uh, a number of my teachers said nobody has business being a clown until they're at least 30 years old, because you don't oh. know who you are. And I you know, when I was nineteen I would have said, uh, screw you old man but you know, now I look back it's like, of course. It totally makes sense. So <laughs> um so yeah, uh and I hope I didn't hurt anyone here saying uh saying the thing about the uh the word. Uh so uh anyway, I I'm sorry, I joke about my profanity. Um so yeah, let's see. We had classes on juggling and still walking. Um, they had taught magic up till the year before I went, so I had to, I had to learn magic on the street. Um, they had uh, one of my favorite classes. It was uh, improv, improv, uh, like in, invaluable as a like. It, I, I'm a direct address comedian. I talk to my audience, and I expect them to talk back. Uh, it was, of course, when when it's appropriate. I don't want to be heckled. And, uh, uh, I mean, very few comics like being heckled. I've known a couple, but, uh, it's not, not my, my speed, but I can handle it. I've been a street performer for over 30 years and I've dealt with all sorts of crazy people on the street. I I can, I can put them down. It's just, you know, why, why do that to the show that everyone else has paid money to see? (laughs) That's my opinion now. Um, but uh, uh, I'm sorry, I digressed. Where was I? Um, but, you know,
2: that, that's uh, good, yes. man, that, that, that improv is very important.
5: <laughs> yeah, improv, that's right. Like uh, Following a thread while you're trying to make things up as you go along. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A moment
0: ago. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, improv. Oh, I was going to say, one of my favorite uh, classes of my improv class, of my teacher took us into the, the pie car, which is, was kind of a mess hall, um, and uh, he sat us down to, in kind of a video uh, screen and showed us it was a Looney Tunes cartoon. I mean, fantastic physical comedy in and, and Warner Brothers' cartoons from the 40s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Um, and he, he showed us the whole video. We laughed through the whole way through because it, it was just fantastic. Uh, and then he played it back for us, beat by beat, all seven minutes. And every time there was a, a gag, he stopped it and said, okay, here's the comic element that's being uh, exemplified here. And then he'd go forth about eight seconds. And here's this thing that we talked about and, and beat by beat every single thing touched on one of the rules of comedy that we've been studying. And we just all like our chins were on the floor and uh, you know, it it just opened our eyes. It's like, yes, uh, you know, you can follow a recipe to make a cake. You can follow a recipe to make comedy. Uh, and of course, once you learn the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, you, it's, you can learn paint by numbers. That doesn't make you an artist, but it does teach you principles that you can then fold into your artistry.
2: Yeah, so, man, there's a, there's a question I'm just dying to know. I think a lot of people have really, really, uh, and they even stop me on the street, man. Word on the street is, man, who would be a better God, you or Morgan Freeman? <laughs>
5: I had, you know, it's, it's funny, I, uh, in in my, uh, on, on my Facebook page, the, the discussion came up, so uh, someone, I think I posted one of my, uh, one of my stellar reviews that uh, I think it was D.C. Metro Theater Arts, uh, oh, it's written by you, that's right, <laughs> um, and I, I posted that, and some guy who, uh, I'm, he he jumped in and said, oh, you, you mean like Jim Parsons? Uh, you know, Jim Parsons has a show where he plays God. Is it anything like that? Or, and it's like, uh, Jim Parsons has nothing to do with this. And I, you know, the, the way I, I look at it is Leonardo da Vinci, Pablo Picasso, and Jackson Pollock can all sit in front of the same rows and paint <laughs> three completely different paintings. And it's like, hmm. so I, 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 George Burns, people talk about George Burns. It's like, George Burns did a movie where he plays God. Completely different stories, different different experience. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a movie mine is a live uh, show. Uh right. Jim Parsons is a three-man show written by, you know, uh, a team of writers. He's an actor portraying God. I'm the creator of I'm the creator portraying the creator. You know, I, I created the show where I play the creator of the universe and uh it's yeah, it, it, I I don't know is is the an act of that is that a musical or is it uh, just a I mean, it is a comedy? It, in any case, it, yeah, it, three painters, same rows, completely different works. I'm doing the same character as uh Morgan Freeman, as you asked, uh, Jim Parsons, George Burns, and uh, it's just you know, it's my take on it, yeah.
2: Okay, we're coming quickly, coming up on about uh seven minutes left in the segment. So uh, quickly just talk a little bit about uh, magic and uh, and what makes magic uh, work really. Is it it more like uh, just how you work the audience or is it sleigh of hand? And then touch a little bit on quickly on uh, what kind of criticisms you've got, uh, any sort of religious uh, blowback and then we're just going to wrap up with uh, talk about, uh, you know, what's the future of the show? You're going to take it on the road. So go. We have about like seven minutes.
5: Okay. Uh, Well, magic, quite quickly, I feel the same way about juggling is you can do the most amazing illusion or the most amazing juggling trick and you've got my attention for about eight seconds. I'm a goldfish. If you do not pull my heart in, you you don't pull me in with comedy or or some trick Something beyond just the trick. Uh I get bored very quickly and I feel like most audiences are the same. So when I when I do magic or juggling or whatever, I I am presenting the effect but that's not the point to me. The point is uh the connection with the audience. Uh you had asked one in between question, I forget what it was, uh but the the future of the show. What was your in between question?
2: So yeah, the next one is uh religious uh like preachers
5: so far uh, the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive. I've had uh, one old friend from high school. It, it disappointed me to find out she had found not just religion, but some fundamental uh, form of, uh, I presume, Christianity. And she remarked that she would never come see a clown show about God. And, you know, more power to her if that makes her happy. But, you know, I, I, I think it would be better to see what you're avoiding and confronted rather than uh, because I think she would like it, but there's that. And then I have one, there's one reviewer who, um, I'm not going to name that person, but, uh, hated the show, uh, wrote a really scathing review, which didn't make a whole lot of sense because it took every single point was taken out of context. And, um, it really, I, I think the person willfully, uh, willfully did not understand what the show is about uh, based on the writing. Because I mean, clearly the person is not an idiot, but uh, so they should have been able to understand what's going on. But they they wrote as if they did not understand. So um, I, I don't know if that's uh, religious fundamentalism or a chemical imbalance or just uh, a horrible <laughs> person. Uh, and, you know, critics are often reviled by those of us who create because we create and they uh, – some do their best to tear it down. I know some are wonderful people. And and it's not just negative review. It's like there's something beyond uh, – like a negative review I can take on the chin if it's like – if it's got a point. This thing had no point other than to destroy another person's work. I think it's uh, – that. Yeah. So trucks. talk about the show going on the, or yeah. on the road, Uh on the road. my next, my next, my next eye is on the New York Clown Theater Festival. Uh, I have contacted them. I got my, uh, I, like because it was in production, I missed their deadline. So, uh, but I contacted them and I said, Here, "Here's the deal. I have this great property to take up to you guys, but I'm going to be a little late." And they're, they're I think they're going to be able to fit me in, but that's. That's the next step, but I, I've I have thoughts so that in you know it'll take a, these things normally take a year or so. Um, I have some small theaters that I'm looking at like uh, around um, New England and/or in the South, like uh, around a major city. I don't think I can go to like uh, Toadstock, Arkansas, and, uh, fly with this show, but uh, uh, possibly Atlanta. I'm, I'm having some talks right now. Uh, I'm looking towards Edinburgh and uh, possibly Adelaide. Um, there's uh, some festivals up in uh, up in Canada as well. I I right now I want to get over this next weekend when the show closes, but that's kind of what I'm looking towards. And I have a lot of moving parts to get uh, get in order before all any of that really happens. And uh, hey, if you anyone listening has a small theater that you want to uh, have a go with this uh, this wonderful show, you know, drop me a line. <laughs>
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and as we said earlier, you can be seen at uh, Greenbelt Art Center this weekend. Uh, I think you have, what, three more shows? Uh, 123 uh, Center Way, Greenbelt, Maryland. So, uh, Rich, man, it was great having you on the show. you welcome back anytime and and
5: uh, I wish you much success. Break leg, uh Have a great night. Thank you, William, and don't forget, all uh, that information is at godtheonemanshow.com. That's right. All
0: right. All right. Have a
5: great evening. Thanks for having me on. All right.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Okay.
2: All right, folks, uh, let me leave you with this quote. Uh, actually, I don't have a quote, but let me just encourage you to go out there and uh, do something for your career every day and break a Good night.